This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Oh, it's one of those nights, and now we've got rain. Gordon, we got a lot to talk about. We do it right now. one 800 That's the number to join our show tonight here on ESPN New York tonight. Along with Jake the Snake and Brian the Brain, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. By the way, you can join us via social media. At Hardest to ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Gordon, what, why did the umpire let these to tell the – I'm sure you're just seeing it now. Yeah. But why did the umpire tell the, the, the ground crew to leave? It's not raining, is it? It's not raining. I, I don't know why they were going out in the field, and I don't. I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Have you ever seen that before? No. Where the, the the grounds crew is coming? Does the ejected. team need a timeout? <laughs> they, they've been is ejected. this a timeout situation for the Orioles, and they're trying to use the tar? I mean, it's not raining. Well, it is. I can see a little bit. Yeah, it looks like a little drizzle, light drizzle. Okay, but I don't but think I've ever seen that before. The no, umpires. I thought he was. I thought he was because I'm watching it with the sound down. I thought he was mm-hmm. telling this runner at second base to get back to first base Exactly, somehow that's what I something. thought too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that before. The umpire and it's raining, and he just holds the ground. Just, get out of here. Go. Get out of here. Get, just, just go. get, get lost. Here. I'm done. Oh, it is raining. Okay. All yeah, right. It, is raining, yeah, it looks like it's, it's actually raining pretty good. It doesn't really read yeah. on the on the regular shot, but, um, yeah, on I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, wow. That's crazy. Oh, by the way, hi, Gordon. Hey, Larry. How are we doing tonight? We're doing as good as to be expected under the circumstances. Yeah. Um, I, you, and obviously, we'll continue to talk about this because it's our top story is, is the local baseball teams. And and we'll get to the Giants a little bit later. And they, as I said a couple of days ago, Gord, what might be a must-win game <laughs> tomorrow night yeah, well, against you might, Washington. You, you, I mean, that bandwagon is starting to fill up. I heard Dave earlier today said the same thing. So mm-hmm. you are not alone there. Well, I expect that from Rothbard. Yes, I, every I game that is a must-win game, right? <laughs> I expect that. I expect that he would say game two is a must-win. There's right. no question in my mind that he would say that. Uh, but the interesting here's my question. Speaking of Dave, here's my question for you, um, Gordon. Are you, are you going to continue to send Chad Green out there? I mean, what is going on with him? Loca- and it's not it's not velocity, Gordon. It's location. No, absolutely location, because it, it really did feel. So predictable. It felt like you could see this coming from a mile away, right? Two, the Yankees don't really score any runs. You've been clinging to this 2-1 lead all night. You go to Chad Green. Looks like, uh, you know what, maybe maybe it won't be bad tonight. And then the first pitch he threw to the guy that hit the home run, I, I, his name escapes me right now, but it was 95. Right, look, at, look at your TV, Gordon. Look at your right TV. down the middle of the plate. The Yankees taking the lead just like that. Brett Gordon, Brett Gordon, Brett Gardner helps you out, Gordon. Oh, he hit the cover off the ball. It was a little oh, looper, put it in the right spot perfectly. Hey, it, when you look at it in the box score, it's a two RBI it, single. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We take whatever we can get, whenever we can get it. And I'm not the biggest Brett Gardner fan in the world, but look, man, it, at this point, it's like, who are we riding with? And, yeah. and right now, with the way he's been hitting lately, I would ride with Gardner. So uh, a second hit for him tonight and uh, two big RBIs. And Glaber play, running the bases far better than 
He's, he's been playing the field. field. <laughs> I almost no. feel like since they moved him to second base, he's been worse. I know. I mean, there used to be games at shortstop where he would go without making an error. Since he's been back at second, he's been a nightmare. Now, hold your thought about Chad Green. Hold your thought. But I got to okay. ask you, was your heart in your throat on the steal of third with the one out? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I was talking to the guys in the dive. I was like, oh, he's out. At first, uh, first glance, I thought man, he might have he might have gotten tagged before he got the, ba- the the foot in there, but he was he was in there pretty good. So and and that turns out to give you the second run because you end up with two guys in scoring position. Absolutely, here. absolutely. I I mean, at this point, Tyler Wade uh, he has a very needed skill. Uh, when if you're going to play all these these close games, all of a sudden a pinch runner, which might not sound like a whole lot, but if you're playing one run games all the time, and they're coming down to the wire. Mm-hmm. Get, you know, you get a guy on with a walk, simple walk, all of a sudden with his speed, he kind of changed this inning. Whereas if you had just, you know, played it out ordinarily, um, I think it was Voigt that walked first, right? That was the, the guy who was pinch running fork. Mm-hmm. He's pro- he might only be at second right now, you know Maybe. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. All right, now continue your thought on Chad Green. I'm sorry. I, it's just it's so predictable. I mean, you, he threw the first pitch, the, the guy that hit the home run, um, right down the middle of the plate. Not, I mean, it, it had good velocity. But um, it was right down the middle of the plate, and we've seen this time and time again, the home runs. And, and it feels like – and it was funny because right before um, he threw that pitch, I saw somebody tweeted out – I don't remember who it was, but, you know, that he is now – has the most innings, you know, updating his innings for the year, which is the most among relievers. And it's pretty clear the guy is kind of toast. And it's not yeah. like he's been great this year anyway, but now – He's a liability. You can't. You, you can't just because his name is Chad Green, and in the past you, you've 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 relied on him in, in big innings. You can't again. This is crisis time. You got to go with the guys. Who are you going to ride with? And, and right now you can't ride with Chad Green. Unfortunately, I can't really blame Boone all that much because there's not many guys in that bullpen that I trust. Like yeah. who's the guy that I really really trust in that spot? It's it's probably a guy that doesn't have a whole lot of uh, experience, like a Brayu maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be the way I got. Certainly wouldn't be Chapman. It's certainly not Green with Loisga yeah. being down. That's that's a that's a killer. When so, is he back? You're counting the hours, aren't you? Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> you know, I have not heard anything about him. I got to check on. I know it was yeah, the ten day DL, but or the IL, but uh, it doesn't seem like there's. You know, usually when a guy is getting close to being back, you hear, "Oh, he's thrown." Mm-hmm. You know, maybe expected exactly. to be this day or that day. I've not seen anything about him coming back anytime soon. Yeah. And now the Orioles make an error, so the inning continues. The Orioles have finally shown up. Yes, it took them a while. Yes, thank God. Well, thank thank the umpire because they were playing well until he made the ground screw leave. Right, that that was their (laughs) secret weapon, and they and it got thwarted. (laughs) Get out of here, guys! All right, we'll get out of here. We we tried. We gave it a shot, guys. And then there's the Mets, Gordon. Oh my God! And then there's the Mets, and in a game tonight, where first of all, let's go back to last night. Where Gordon, if you had even the most optimistic Met fan, okay, Gordon, even employees of the Mets would have to look at this team differently today than they did last night. Because Gordon, everybody lost. Yeah. Everybody lost. All you had to do is beat St. Louis and you gain a game on everybody. And even though you have a slip, I mean, look, you're only mathematically alive. Okay, nobody really thinks, obviously the players, you know, because that's how they feel. They, they haven't given up. But even, you know, even the, the, the most 
passionate Met fan, after you lose that game in extra innings last night, and Gordon, I'm telling you, Luis Rojas is managing himself out of a job next year. Oh if you had, if yeah. you had any thought process of possibly bringing him back, he has managed this past week. He has managed himself right out of right out of the job for next year. It's done. It's over. You can't you can't bring him back. No, no. I, I didn't really have a high level of hope that he was coming back anyway. But no, I mean, again, I I don't know what the 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 day in day out job requirements are for a manager. But pitching changes is one of them. Like, I'm sure it wasn't his decision not to pitch Lugo last night, right? Like, that's coming from above him. But whatever he is, whatever moves he does get to make, they're coming back to haunt you every single step of the way. So, um, you know, I I just think what it really comes down to is this team is not very good. and, And I would have to think that with maybe someone with a little bit more experience in that job or or better read on the situation, you'd at least be able to get more out of the group that you have than the guy you got right now. Like, because as bad as everybody has been, you know, the offense has been, or this area has been, or that area has been, it's not like the manager is squeezing anything extra out of the club. No, they're not. And this is a sport, Gordon, where the manager can hurt you. He, he can hurt this. Some sports where, you know, you can get by, you know, with, 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 the, with the manager or coach that's eh. Not in baseball. You can't do it. Even even with sabermetrics, Gordon, you still can't do it because, as you mentioned, pitching changes uh, are key. Uh, double switches, which is key tonight. I mean, look, look what the Cardinals do. The Cardinals make a double switch. They put a different guy in, in right field who takes a home run away from Pete Alonso by making a great catch, jumping over the fence. The, the, the His glove is over the fence, and it's a three-run home run that gets them back into the game. They have two home runs taken away from them, both three-run home runs, Gordon, and then right away, the Cardinals bounce back. The Cardinals end up getting a home run to make it nine and score two more runs right after you get they take the home run away. So the momentum, that's a six-run difference. It's a six-run swing. Yeah. Um, oh, it's I, it, it Look, it's... It, it's already over, but it's almost like, well, you ever remember that scene in Tommy Boy uh, when Chris Farley's character is trying to sell the brake pads and mm-hmm. he has the big meeting with Dan Aykroyd's character and he thinks it's going to go well and it doesn't go well and the whole, you know, his whole future is, is doomed and then he sits on the, the park bench outside and because he's so heavy, the park bench collapses. He's like, well, I, I really could have done without that. <laughs> the last couple of nights for the Mets feel like sitting on the park bench. And you know what? I really could have done without that. Really could have done without it. And it's just, it, it's, it, it's just, it just, it makes you shake your head, uh, Gordon, to just, what? nothing seems to go right for this team. There's nothing. And the slim margin for error that they have, it's just it just reminds you even more of, of just that they're not a very good team. It's plain and simple. They're not I, a very good that team. I think that's just what it comes down to. Although I do think that if you had someone in there, you know, making the right decisions, it, it certainly would help. Now, would that take them from where they are to to a playoff spot? I, I think at the end of the day, they're just not a very good team. But I think one of the reasons they're not a very good team is the managers and they're just not very good. Uh, and again, like there's certain things that. When he answers questions sometimes, you can tell it's not really him that's saying this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes guys need a day. <laughs> you know that he's not – he's got to be thinking to himself, in, in, you know, inside, you need a day. Yeah. You ne- you're going to have a ton of days coming up. 
right. as soon as October hits, you're going to be free and clear. You're not going to have a thing to do. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's got to be infuriating to him. But uh, at the end of the day, he's the guy that's going to pay the price. I don't think he, he's going to be the only one, but no. uh, there, there's, there's got to be a change made there for sure. Well, Sandy will be back. Which is absolutely unbelievable to me. I know that happened during our show last night at the yeah. end of it, and we didn't get a chance to touch on it. Yeah. I, I would have thought that with, with the way things have happened, and, and, and not just the, 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 the on the field, right, which is, which is tough. But look, winning games, winning is a hard thing to do, right? And maybe uh-huh. the team just wasn't good enough, and you lose the Grom and all these type of things. The season goes sideways. That happens. It happens to every team. The embarrassing stories that they have surrounding their organization – between ones that Cohen has been here for with the two GMs, and then the hiring of Mickey Callaway, which was on on Sandy's watch. Yeah, it was. Like that, I would think that after this year, if you were Steve Cohen, you'd be like, you know what? I need a. Cl- I- I'm tired of my organization now. My organization getting painted in this same old light. I don't want that anymore. I I want everybody to feel like, you know what, this is your team, but it's a team that you're not going to have to deal with these same old – I thought that was the appeal of getting rid of the Wilpons, right? Like Mm -hmm. the same old stories are not going to keep on happening, but they they certainly have happened this year, and at least for Sandy's um, position, I guess that Steve Cohen does not put him – give him any blame, which is kind of hard to believe because he's the guy who's kind of signing off on those kind of moves. And it sent, and here's the thing as a Met fan that scares you about that, Gordon. I'll share that with you next. If it's done correctly and the way they had planned it at the beginning, Sandy's really not going to have any say in, in the baseball ops. He's going to be the president of the team and more in line with the business operations. And then they're going to hire a guy, maybe a Theo Epstein, maybe a Billy Bean, that's going to be the president of baseball operations. And Sandy really will not be able to lord over that person. I guess the only person that new hire has to answer to is Steve Cohen. I think that there was an agreement with baseball. I'm going to keep Sandy around in order for you guys to approve me. But as as long as Sandy being the head of operations or whatever doesn't discourage a guy like Bean or Epstein to take the job, then what's the big deal if he's in the front office handling business but not baseball? But that's my concern. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty and Damer until midnight. And Gordon, that's my concern with Michael K was saying. This was his thoughts earlier on the Michael K show. You know, Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 here on 98.7 ESPN. And he was saying, listen, if it doesn't impair you from bringing in somebody who's really you're going to turn the whole operations of baseball over to, then it's not a big deal. But see, Gordon, if I'm that outside person, I'm thinking like you're thinking. Okay, why are they keeping him around? They got to be keeping him around for some reason. And how much pull... And how much pull and um, pressure, influence is he going to have on the owner, no matter what his position is, even if he was an outside consultant? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Gordon? What, 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 you're keeping him for a reason. And so when you look at the track record and you look at, as you mentioned, Mickey Calloway, you look at you know some of the things that have happened on off the field, some of the things that have happened on the field, I mean, Gordon uh, – I would feel better if they just said, Sandy, listen, thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for helping with the transition, but we're ready to move on. I would feel better. Yeah, I I would think that even if there was some sort of agreement with baseball to keep Sandy there while Steve Cohen, you know, to get the team, I would think that Steve Cohen could go to whoever in Major League Baseball and say, you know, look, 
I have an issue here because the person you want me to keep hired, it, it keeps hiring people that are, are embarrassing my organization. And, and baseball. And baseball, right? I mean, it's in base, baseball's best interest to make sure that this type of thing doesn't st- keep happening. I mean, it's, it's mostly in Steve Cohn's interest, but absolutely, Major League Baseball makes them look bad, too. So I get that at one time to get the team, maybe there was an agreement somewhere, some handshake deal, but the details kind of change. And think about the amount of stuff that we've learned since that handshake. I think yesterday was the anniversary of Steve Cohen actually taking over the team. Or at least to having the agreement in place to take over the team. So mm-hmm. um, a lot has changed. And it seems like a, a lot of them were like open secrets of stuff going on. So yeah. I would think that if you were – it's not even a baseball like on the field issue. I think it's just for, for where the organization is at. You, uh, I would think in one year Steve Cohen's kind of had enough of the negative, embarrassing stories when it comes to his organization. But it doesn't look like that's going to make any change in terms of Sandy Alderson. No, it doesn't. And uh... – Look, or all this Chapman, the one, two, three inning. When's the last time Look that happened? Look at that, huh? It's all coming together now. <laughs> it's a listen. Uh, very quietly, Nestor Cortez has done a really nice oh job. Oh my for God, the how great has he been? Right, <laughs> he's done a really nice. He he he's this year's Domingo Herman for you. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and now with uh, Loizaga out. He might be the second best pitcher on the Yankees, and it's not really all that close. <laughs> when Lewisaga gets back, maybe there'll be an argument, but right now, uh, there's not really much of one. No, he's been he's been sensational all year, and for a guy that you didn't think, I don't think you really thought anything in terms of of what he was going to give you. Man, he has been. I mean, to pitch to what he's got, his ERA now is two point six zero. It's unbelievable. Tonight he struck out eleven guys. That's crazy. Now, look, it's the Orioles, but still, struck out 11 guys. I mean, that's – he is uh, – he's legit, uh, you know, a whip of, of like 1.0 – Oh, please. I mean, come on. You can't um, – he's been – he has been an absolute that's ace-like. godsend. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, 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 and that's what happened. You know, with good teams – and I'm not ready to say the Yankees are a good team just yet, mm-hmm. but with good teams, that's what happens over the course of the year. Guys that you don't really think of or maybe you've never even heard of before – all of a sudden, they emerge over the course of a very long baseball season, and he has been one of those unsung hero guys uh, for the Yankees so far this year. Ah, he's been great. He has been. He's been just fabulous for you guys. And, you know, um, <laughs> one of the things, that, and this also has to go into Sandy's watch, Gordon, it really does, is the, the analytic department of the Mets. And I'm just saying to you, and I agree with you, they seem like because of, Rojas's quote lack of experience unquote even though I know he knows baseball Gordon he's been in the no, minor leagues forever so obviously he knows baseball okay but it seems like he has no he has a very short reign <laughs> on what he can and cannot do and when you hear comments like this Gordon which you alluded to earlier but we we dug it up when you hear comments like this this is how you know the Mets are very analytically driven check this out See, Luis Ross, quiet. <laughs> he really has nothing to say. That happens organically in a, in a clubhouse around this time, and it doesn't start in September. It starts in August, I think, where the so-called dog days. Okay, so who's going to go ahead and be willing to pitch three in a row or even four in a row 
or catchers like McCann did cut six straight. And there's guys that are going to show up and do things like that. But realistically, like I said last night, it's just guys that can't do it. And from our end, to push and to ask them to do it when they can't, it's just we're compromising a lot of things, right? Performance and health, I think, from a player that is just not feeling good to do it. So that's when the balance comes. But I think that organically those conversations happen and that mindset also sets up in August with the guys where they say, okay, we're in August and now we're going to be ready. Like Edwin Diaz, we had a doubleheader and he was ready to throw in both games. You know, that didn't happen in June when we had a bunch of doubleheaders, you know, but that that's happening in August. Guys are willing to go out there and pitch anytime they can. So not everyone's going to probably do it, but yeah, the guys have that sense of just being available. Okay, so then... If that's the case, explain to me why you didn't bring in now. Of course, tonight Seth Lugo gives up a couple of home runs, so so you know maybe he would have done that last night too. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. I would have more faith in Seth Lugo at at forty percent than Jake Reed, who came in the game. Yeah. I mean, come on, Luis. Look, if you go with Lugo last night and he go, you know, the same thing happens. Well, you went with your best move and and you got beat. That happens. That happens all the time. But at least you feel like, you know what, we went with our best. It didn't work out. There's not. You, I'm sure there are people that will second guess it, but you can't sit back and say, well, you know what, I'd rather have the, the, the kid pitching out there rather than when then Seth Lugo. Um, so, no, I mean, if, if you had gone to him and he had given up the runs last night, then you would just kind of tip your cap and it wasn't meant to be. And there's been a lot of those games so far for the Mets this year. But, no, that doesn't uh, – it almost feels like he's kind of throwing – Seth Lugo onto the bus mm-hmm. where yeah. he's, he's specifically <laughs> naming all right McCann went out there six days in a row Edwin Diaz is ready to pitch both games of the doubleheader but some guys just can't go and and he's making he's he's approaching it from the right the way he has to mm-hmm. because if you if you go out there and criticize anybody oh god forbid um but he, he's getting the point across at the same time that Seth Lugo wasn't able to go yeah at least that's As the way it seems. Now, maybe that came from the front office that they're like, you know what? We're not using Lugo today. He is not available. Mm-hmm. Was he – I mean, did he ever make – I, I don't know. Maybe – I guess he didn't make that point known before the game that Lugo is not available right. today because he's he's pitched too much. But it certainly – I can't imagine that he would have went with uh, the kid that he went with last night. What was it? Uh, Reed? Yeah, Jake Reed. If 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 – he would have had any intentions of throwing Lugo at any point. So uh, I don't know that that come. I, I'll say this. I don't know if it comes from the front office that he can't use Lugo. I don't know if it comes from the player that he can't use Lugo. I don't think it's coming from Rojas that he can't right. use Lugo. And I don't think it's coming from Lugo that he can't lose, use Lugo. I don't think so either. But the fact that he's naming other guys who are going, mm-hmm. you know, but not everybody can do that. To me, that at least leaves the door open that maybe that was the point he was getting across. I don't know. Yeah, could be. I mean, he did. He pitched Sunday, mm-hmm. but he but he didn't pitch Monday, so he could have pitched yesterday. I mean, I, you know, and he didn't throw a bunch of pitches when he pitched. You know, I, I love the I love all these rules now that we have. For <laughs> is there anything that's this is based on? Is this just we're putting these things in place because it seems you know we don't want to pitch anybody three days in a row? We don't. We got to make not even sure three that, in a row, Gordon. It's like we, I know, we don't put some three out of four or four right. out of five. Well, you know, we don't want to use them three out of four days. <sighs> Why? Where, where, where is the evidence? All right, if you're telling me that this is a rule that you have, obviously there has to be some evidence that you're using this because I know I'm not that old, but I've seen guys go three out of four days before and their sure. arms didn't fall off, especially in a pennant race where, I, I, look, the Mets are not even in a pennant race. But if you want to get back in a pennant race, 
You need every single solitary game. We don't like uh, the old uh, Jesse the Body Ventura line. I uh-huh. ain't got time to bleed. The yeah. Mets ain't got time to bleed, man. They gotta they gotta move. And uh, the only way they're moving right now is is in the wrong direction. I'm gonna tell you this. Joe Torre could not manage today. Oh my God! <laughs> Scott Proctor is saying, "Where were all these rules? When I mean, did you guys come up with these rules?" Proctor, Sturts. Oh, oh I mean, Sturts, 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 that's another one. The, right? the, list, the list is endless. It's it's endless. Flash Gordon. I yep. mean, Quant- Quantrill. Quantrill, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. One eight hundred. Run them up. <laughs> Every day. Every day. Lead, trailing, tied. Doesn't they matter. came in Get the game. Get them out there. Get them out. Now this one, they to all of you. Let me walk down the office and nice things to them girls. You know, Gordon, uh, what's really so frustrating as a Met fan is not only that they lose, but they take forever losing. <laughs> These quick. games are just this is over three and a half hours and they're just going to the bottom of the ninth. I mean, what is just get it over with? I'm like, yeah, let's move on. What? Why well, does it take so long? I know you, Larry. Oh. You are you are beloved by every person that works at this station everywhere. Um so I don't want to get you involved in in something that you don't want to get involved in. But I was listening to the K show today, and, and I understand. Like when you're the af- the, the the big afternoon drive show, mm-hmm. New York City, mm-hmm. you have resources at your disposal that you know other shows don't. We, we wouldn't have resources too. But I got to know what resources they have because they continue to approach the Mets as if the season is still alive. <laughs> and I'm saying so to myself, you know, obviously they're watching the games every day. No. What do you what do you think is happening here? It's, no, no, it's no, done. No. It's over. Now, look, you know, if you're a Met fan, I get it. You still want to watch games. You don't have that much baseball left. You love baseball. Take them all in. I get it. Uh, but uh, at this point, I don't know anyone anywhere who could kind of think that the Mets season is still alive. It's just it's it's you know what it's you know what it's like now, Gordon. It's like, let me tune in and see how they lose now. Right. Well, look, there is an aspect. I can get that, right? It's, the, that's, that's, it's driving past it the car crash, right? Yes. Yeah, like sat how, in how traffic this that? entire time, and now you want to see what, why have you been sitting in traffic this entire time? Yeah. And, and, you know, you root for and, and it's individual, you know, individual players. You root for Alonzo. Right. You want to see him hit home runs. I mean, you root for the individual players. And now, Gordon, really what this has turned out to, and this is really crazy because this is what I've done as a Nick fan for maybe about, Decade and a half. Yeah, <laughs> is Wild. you scout to see who who who's coming and who's. We used to have when I covered the Jets near the the last month of the season. There's a couple of us would walk into you know the locker room at practice, and and look at the lockers and say he won't be back. Right, and he won't be back, and he may be back, and that's kind of what you're doing now. You're kind of scouting to see okay. What are they going to do with him? What are they going to do? Why would I bring him back? What's he going to do? So that's kind of what you're doing now because the, the the only thing right now that's important to watch, in my opinion, that what I'm doing is I'm waiting to see what Syndergaard, when he comes in, how he's going to look. If they insist on bringing DeGrom back, obviously I'm curious to see what he looks like. 
And the rest of it is like I'm looking to see, okay, who's not coming back on this team, Gordon? And I'm telling you, there's a lot of folks. This this could be a whole new team next year. Oh, yeah. This could be a whole new team because there's not a lot of redeeming. There's not a lot of guys that you can say. You know, and of course they have more information than I do, and clearly they know they got all the splits and and all the other stuff. But I'm just telling you, Gordon, there's not a lot of talent on this team, and some of the bench guys are have been. It's crazy. The pin they they pinch hit well. Like guys come up in pitching situations and hit and hit and hit, and when they're in the lineup, you got runners on base. They don't hit. They don't hit. It, it's just it, it's 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 unbelievable. Well, just off the top of my head, right? Stroman's a free agent. Conforto's a free agent. Baez is a free agent. Noah's a free agent. Yep. The Grom situation, who knows at this point, right? Yep. I mean, that's five of the, mo- the, you know, the most critical parts of the team right there. I mean, that, right. I mean Alonzo's going to be back, obviously. Yes. Um, obviously, Lindor, Lindor's not going anywhere. Nope. Not but for, other than that, not for I nine mean, more years. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's kind of wide open because even guys that you're saying, well, they're not they're not free agents. Like McNeil's not a free agent, but I don't. I mean, are you yeah, what to do with him? Right. I, I, I'm not for sure that he's coming back, and and his presence does not um, does not take me out of the 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 conversation of upgrading at whatever position he's going to be playing. Exactly. If there if there's a if there's an upgrade, I like Nimmo a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know necessarily that you're saying to yourself, well, Brandon Nimmo is definitely going to be on this team next year. To me, there's three guys that you say they're definitely going to be on the team, and it's obviously Lindor, it's Alonzo, and it's the catcher because you just signed them, and I don't think anybody would be taking them off this year. Exactly. And, I got, and I've got guys who I don't know. i got to make decisions on. McNeil is one. Dom Smith is one. Yeah, I mean, Gordon, he's one. disappeared yep, this year. Yeah. No, I, he I, had a great year you, last year. Yep. Absolutely. How do you how do you um, decide what what's the real Dom Smith, right? I mean, that was one of the reasons why we had a lot of optimism coming into the year because he was another big bat. I mean, he had an OPS of nine hundred last year. I know it was a short season, but wow. nine hundred is nine hundred. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you take that every time. Yeah, I mean, if he had a nine hundred OPS at any point this year, I would have been it would have boosted his numbers. Doesn't feel exactly. like there was ever a point where that was the case. And I got Cano coming back. What? The- Oh, you got to buy. I mean, how many years does he have? Does he only have one year left? I think it's one or two. I got to look it up. If Steve Cohen does and nothing else, just buy buy him out out of the contract. Do not allow him to play for your team anymore. I mean, certainly move. I mean, could you imagine bringing him back? Oh, my God. I mean, it was a terrible deal when they made it. You knew that it was going to be bad at the end, and unfortunately the end was at the beginning. But I think yeah. Steve Cohen has to say, you know what, there's no reason to, to have him back on the team. Let him go someplace else. And then, and then we haven't even gone to the bullpen, Gordon. Wow, yeah. That, <laughs> but the bullpen, look, you have some – I'll be honest with you. After watching the Yankee bullpen, I'm like, man, why can't the Yankees have an Aaron Loop? You know what I mean? Why yeah. can't the Yankees have a, 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 you know, a couple of the, uh, the guys you have out there, Lugo and – and uh, maybe not Diaz. We got our own Diaz, but, you know, <laughs> just not with the horns. You, and you got a familiar, too. Yeah, we got a familiar as well. No question about it. You know, so it's, uh, you know, it's just it's, it's just. Cano crazy. has two years remaining, $48 million. Oh. Well, you know what they say about uh, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Steve yeah. Cohen has, if he's buying statues for $14 million, he can pay 48 for Robbie Cano, who probably is going to be a statue at second base to go. Oh. Uh, that's a lot of money, though. 
48 million is it's, it's, it's a sizable <laughs> a meal. I'm not going to tell you it's not it's a sizable not a meal. But, I mean, how do you bring him back? I know. I know. You I know. Can. If it was one year, if it was one year, right. yes. If it was one year, I would say no question. I mean, no two, question. That's but a lot, two that's a years? lot of money. I mean, two years out of four. And listen, you can't even use the insurance on him because he's not hurt. No. No. <laughs> And it's, not even that like, and, and it's not like you can take a buyout and take anything less. It's going to be $48 million. $48 million. Wow. And listen, which means he's probably going to come back for a year, and then you buy oh, him out and you do something. God. You can't trade him. How can you do that? How can you do that? I know. I know. Like, <sighs> $48 million. I'm not going to tell you it's not a lot, but oh. I wonder what the largest buyout in the history of baseball ever was. Like what contract was yeah, the most really. money anybody ever just just said? You know what? We're just gonna because you've seen guy. I mean, like, um, what's the guy? Chris Davis with the Orioles. I mm-hmm. mean, he had a ton of years left. He, did. he was hitting like one fifty every single year, and they were just trotting him out there. Yep. <laughs> they were just, you That's know right. what? We're not letting. We're not. We're not getting rid of you yet. Nope. Um, but wow, it's a lot that's, of money. That's, that's a lot of money. <laughs> ton of money. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. But look, it's he's Steve Cohen. He's, yeah. he's the billionaire. He's the richest guy in all of sports. Mm-hmm. So if anybody could say, you know what, I don't want him. I'm sure there's plenty of things that he does. He pays money on things for things for convenience. Yes. And I would think that, well, I don't know if he's ever spent $48 million on something for convenience. Mm-hmm. That's one that he could just avoid an entire headache and just cut ties with it. It was, it was made a deal made before he got here and uh, turned the page. Oh, the for, that's uh, courtesy of the former GM. Yes. Well, look, he didn't make all that many changes, Steve, when he came on board. That was one, <laughs> one of the right first away. ones he made was, Brody, we'll see you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a Van Wagner. And, and here's the sad thing, right? And Diaz hasn't been Diaz. Diaz hasn't been the Diaz in Seattle. So that makes the trade even worse. Yeah. That makes it even worse. And he hasn't. And listen, Gordon, he hasn't pitched badly this year. No, he's been. He's been. I mean, look, he's, he's been, been a closer. You know what I mean? He's, he's been, been a decent. closer. Yeah, I mean, he's been a client. He's not a. He's not a lockdown guy. He's not no. a shutdown guy. But he's been. He's been. Uh, if you would have gotten this version of him in the first year, you would have signed for that. And and could have made a run at the postseason. Absolutely. Would have could have made a run at the post a better run than this one. <laughs> ESPN New York tonight on 9870 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Hey, Gordon, check this out. According to Baseball Reference, did you see this? No. Both Trevor and Tyler McGill were awarded losses today. They are the first set of brothers to both take L's on the same day since Jared and Jeff Weaver. Oh, look at that. On April 17, 2007. Uh, Trevor is with the Cubs and Tyler, of course, with the Mets, and he did not have a good start, and... Gordon, the Mets took three and a half hours to lose. Three, three, three hours and 34 minutes. And the funny thing is, I got downstairs a little late tonight to watch the games, and I flipped on the Met game, and it was already 5 nothing. I said, well, we don't have to worry about that one tonight. We can no. just, uh, you know, Locking they did make the it somewhat closer at one point. But, uh, yeah, that was a rough way to start. You know, when you're looking for every game to, to kind of keep hope alive at this point, uh, to be trailing 5 nothing like that. And the and- words of a former Yankee manager is not what you want. And I got to tell you, uh, watching the Met documentary when they were really good mm-hmm. <laughs> and then switching back to this, 
Not a good feeling. No, that's a, that is a, that is a little a bit of feeling. a yeah. not a good feeling. Not Two good sides feeling. of the coin there. Yeah. Off to the phones we go. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're up first on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing tonight? Buddha. All right, listen, I got to talk about that Mets documentary, but I will say this. The same thing that you're saying about the Michael K. Show, Gordon, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. The same thing you're saying about them talking about the Mets is similar to your updates on Yankees every night. Yo, Gordon, we're not going anywhere, bro. We have no, we have one I said starting that, Look, I, I said that tonight, Buddha. <laughs> I said that tonight. I mean, no, I, I, I don't. I'm not buying in. Uh, I did buy. In, I'm not going to lie. I bought in a little bit during the 13 game winning streak, uh, but then of course, that, yeah, very quickly I, I was I was slapped back into reality. And since that point, I do not think that they will get to the play. Now, I will say this. I don't know if you're the same way, Buddha. I want to make the playoffs. I think that there's some Yankee fans out there that I hear. They say, well, you know, I don't even want to make the play. No, I want to make the playoffs if we can. But if you're asking me right now in this moment, will they? I still, uh, I'm not believing that they will. Gordon, of course you want Gordon, to make it. Of course you want to win. Of course. Hey, Gordon, Buddha, Buddha compared. Hey, Buddha, compared to the Mets? Yankees are in the Yankees have a shot at the playoffs. Oh yeah, I mean they do have a shot. I, it's just you know it, it feels like a lot of these games are very very similar, right? Like we've seen mm-hmm. a lot of these things, and, and and I guess it probably is going to come down to the final games. I think that yep. you know the Yankees will win enough here to kind of to to stay above uh, you know right there with the with the the Red Sox and the and the Blue Jays, but. You know, when you've watched this all season long, I just don't think that they're a very good team. No, uh, I get That's it. really what it comes down to. I get it. I get it. Listen, listen, you know, as a Yankees fan in the 80s, and, and you know, a lot of times we like to think about how the Yankees were horrible, but they had some decent moments. We just missed the postseason a few times. But, you know, you had to respect the Mets, what they were doing. And they had, like, like they said in the documentary, they had the city in the palm of their hand. I don't care what fan you were. You know, you were watching Doc Gooden when he pitched. No and, you know, Absolutely. I, you know, I love the parts when they showed about Kevin Mitchell. And then they spoke also about, um, you know, uh, what, what's the guy's name? Doc, like, listen, Lenny Dykstra, man, the years have not been kind. Oh, my God. No. No. It, it's, horrible. <laughs> it's, horrible. it's horrible to see him like that, man. Yeah. You know, my best friend, you know, and he, he, he was a good friend of mine, man. He passed away. In the mid '90s, he had cancer. He lived on 167th Street at Walton Avenue. That's my man, Lel Ramos, man. He was a security guard on my block. He used to cut our hair, all of that. I mean, I love this dude, man. And he loved the Mets so much. When I watched that documentary, you know, it was bittersweet. Not just in terms of thinking about his past, and I thought about you too, Uncle Larry, when I watched it. Mm-hmm. But it was also the disappointment that I know that the Mets fans had, and not just the Mets fans, maybe New York City had in general, with the talent that they had, mm-hmm. with, you know, they, they, they should have won. Forget about two. They should have won about three um, World Series. You know, and to, to put it on a lighter note, you know, the, the, I understand that disappointment. I felt that way when they switched the Lionels on the Jeffersons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. like, yes. Yeah, yes. I, 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 you know, I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. But, you know, it just, you know, honestly, man, you know, it's good to be able to sit back and look and remember. It's always good to see, see things on film. You know, you see the guys out there. Remember the starters jackets? 
Dudes had yeah, a oh, sure. starter, <laughs> starter jacket. That was a big deal in high school. Huge. Yeah? Yes. Huge. <laughs> Huge. Oh, my God. I tell you, man. Yeah. You know, God bless him. And also, last thing I'll say is, very happy to see that Doc Gooden's alive mm-hmm. and that Daryl Strawberry's alive. And Doc Gooden looked a lot better in this documentary than that last one where they had him when he was talking to those guys. He was sweating profusely yeah. and looked like he was 130 pounds. So let's hope that those brothers keep 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 themselves up. You know, big up to, to, to the boss, George Steinbrenner, because you know what? People like to talk bad about that man and say, you know, he had some moments that weren't great. But one thing about him, he gave you a chance, man. He salvaged, you know what I'm saying? He salvaged both those dudes' careers and brought them back here, not only as, as, as like a symbolic gesture, but they were a part of winning a couple of World Series. And I always loved that man for that, man. Buddha, he might have saved their lives. You understand? He might have saved their lives. He might have. Thanks for the phone call. Because, Gordon, think of this. Think of them not being able to – they're both in and out of baseball. And think mm-hmm. of them not being able to finish that, which is all they knew. Yeah. And just to have that opportunity, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that it's definitely the same, the thing, but I mean, look at what they were doing. They, they had at least tried to battle their demons enough to the point that they wanted to continue to play. And they knew if they really had the chance to play, that's what they had to do. They had to address their demons and find a way to at least deal with it and try to control it as best they could. Yeah, I th- I'm sure that they probably still have regrets, but imagine how much greater those regrets would be if they did not get the second chance and, uh, you know, to shine like they did with the Yankees as well. So, uh, no, I mean, George always wanted to win. I mean, sometimes yeah. he, he went about it in the worst possible way, but there was never a doubt George wanted to win all the time. Yeah, no question about it. I forgot Billy Bean was even a Met. Yeah. Boy, that was <laughs> – I forgot. <laughs> This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Hour number two, Wednesday night edition of the show. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. We've been talking about the uh, Met loss and the Yankee victory. But Gordon, this is an interesting thought, and this is from uh, my nephew on Twitter, at NYC. Gordon, he says, Uncle L. Carlin, who precedes us from 7 to 10, Monday through Friday on 98.7 ESPN, said a few things. Hypothetically, if it had to go down, what could Glaber Torres, Gary Sanchez, Luke Voigt, and one of our good relievers get us in return? Gordon, what, what would they get? What would those guys get you in return? Now, clearly, I don't think Sanchez is going anywhere. We've had that discussion. Yeah. Uh, Glaber, right now you're you're dealing low, but you know just just we'll, we'll just play along. We'll, what could you get for a group like that? And and one of your good relievers, I don't think you should give. If you got a good reliever, you better keep him. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask who's the good reliever because I think the guy that you're talking about is on the IL right now in Loizaga. So uh, I don't know who that good reliever is. I I don't think that you would get a whole lot for those guys. Um, Glaber is coming off just such a dreadful season. Unless some team – look, if Glaber becomes available, I'm sure there's a team that will take a shot thinking that maybe they can fix him, maybe they can identify something uh, to fix him. And I'll tell you, 
I wouldn't want him going to Tampa Bay. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, really. Because uh, if really. they if you can get him fixed, he is an absolute weapon. But um, it's almost like at this point, Glaber's kind of unplayable, right? You thought moving him back to second base would stabilize his defense and maybe get him a little bit of a spark offensively so the defensive issues don't weigh on his mind as much. Since he's gone back to second base, he's been a bigger liability. I mean, he's been a consistent liability at second base since he's gone back there. He's actually turned out to be much, much worse there. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like it's a lost season for Glaber. and, And I always say that teams, the most important thing, rather than scouting other teams, is scouting your own team. Mm-hmm. The Yankees got to figure out what the heck happened to Glaber Torres and how they can fix it because that's a that's a big piece to try it to is. replace. It, it is. And it's almost impossible to replace it at the price at the price that the, you you want to pay for it. So, um, Voight, I would have thought that they uh, probably investigated dealing him last off season. If they didn't, that was a mistake because he was coming off the leading uh, baseball in home runs. Uh, but I don't think you'd get a whole lot for those guys. Now, would you bring him back? Voight, I like Voight a lot, but I think that he's a DH. Because you're uh, not keeping Rizzo, I would think. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, look, it's going to kind of depend on how the season goes and what Rizzo's going to look for. I would investigate bringing Rizzo back because I, I, I think, it, you know, it gives you a lot uh, of what you need, right? Left-handed bat, really good glove at first, not a high strikeout guy, but can get on walks, uh, get on base with walks. So it's kind of all the things that you would want to, but. This might be his last big shot of the contract. Are the Yankees going to sign another big contract when it's clear you need a shortstop? Mm-hmm. You can't go into next year. You're not even going to finish this year with Glaber as the shortstop. So you got to right. find that spot there somewhere. It's going to be difficult because unless they increase the payroll dramatically from where they're at, it's going to be tough to fill all these holes with any really recognizable names as terms of free agents or trades or anything like that. And do you go for a big free agent shortstop? See, that's the other question. If not, yeah. you need a shortstop. Do you get that free agent shortstop? You know what I've been surprised at? I'm surprised as many, and this is just people on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, saying this, but um, I- I'm surprised that as many people want uh, Correa from the Astros. Uh, I would have thought that he's kind of off limits, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After everything that's happened, I mean, could you imagine that guy showing up in the Yankee clubhouse? Hey, guys, we're on the same team now. You know, that would <laughs> seem to be. Uh, a little awkward. I know that Clappish earlier on, I think maybe before the season, said that the Yankees were going to go after Seager from the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it kind of all kind of depends on cost. Yeah. It, it's a nice year to have that spot open because there's going to be so many guys and it's a clear, a clear need. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I'm ready to say that the Yankees are going to go out and sign somebody to $200 million. Yeah, and, and, and of course, the big question that you've been asking, uh, what is the bank, what's the budget going to be? Yeah, is it, is it going to be roughly what it is right now? Because if that's the case, there's not that much coming off. Now, you can yeah. move some stuff around, but you know the guys that are locked in are locked in. Mm-hmm. And the only one that's really any sizable money that's coming off the books is, is Corey Kluber at $11 million. But look, they finagled ways to stay under the luxury tax this year. If they're going to stay at that same number, though, I think it's going to be kind of hard to to make impact move, you know, nobody is going to uh, trade you anybody and pick up their entire contract for 2022. Yeah. <laughs> this year, you could kind of make that happen because it was, you know, a little bit later in the year right, and, right. and they can get a better prospect. But uh, yeah, unless they're going to significantly raise the payroll from where it's at, I don't know how much impact players they can really go out and get. If there's baseball, right? Right. That, well, that's, <laughs> that, that's kind of an important part too. Yep, yep. But usually on a new contract, you would think the money would go up. 
You would think so. You would think, you know, with a new contract, you might have, you know, the salary what is cap the numbers. Att- what honest. is the Yankees' attendance as well? Like, are they back yeah, to where t- they were pre-COVID and, and all those kind of things? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know Hal's very much, uh, you know, it's all based on what the, the dollars yeah. are coming in. They have more than enough dollars coming in, I'm sure. But, you know, they, they don't look at it. If, if they made... You know, in 2019, if they made, you know, $10 million on something, and now in 2021, they're making $5 million on it, they look at it as they lost $5 million somewhere along the way. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't I, I, That's one of those questions that I don't know uh, of what they're going to uh, go out and do this offseason. But uh, and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe the Yankees don't know yet. They may not. <laughs> they may, they got, you know they they're got waiting some stuff for? to work on right now. Yeah, and, and they're waiting to see if somehow, if, if, Anything if things go in the right direction and they're able to get to the postseason, okay, and they have some games at home, then you know that that increases what your budget for next year. Clearly, you would think. Yeah, that would increase it. That By the way, it. tonight's win guarantees the Yankees now have had a winning season twenty nine years in a row. Unbelievable. I, I know that that's not the goal that they set out to get. That's not, you know, no Yankee fans like, yes, another winning season. But, I mean, that is that is pretty impressive. I don't know who the, the second-place team is, but I can't imagine it's more than 10. That's sustainable success, my friend. It is. That's what it is. 29 years? 29 years in a row. 92 is the last year that they finished below 500. And you, ha- and, and you had a retooling season mm-hmm. where, you, where you got rid of a bunch of folks and added people. Mm-hmm. And still had a winning record. Yep, absolutely. And by the <laughs> way, I was trying to find out who, what baseball contract had the biggest buyout. I, I don't yeah, know that yeah, I necessarily yeah, yeah. found it, mm-hmm. but Chris Davis, uh, they worked out a thing to restructure his contract. So he, um, he is now going to be paid by the Orioles. It's not all the same payment, but he is going to be on their payroll until 2037. Oh, he's got the Bobby Bonilla deal. Yes, he's got a Bobby Bonilla deal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So it's not one lump sum. I think he was due $42 million or something like that. Mm-hmm. So now he is going to get uh, payment. I mean, that's not bad, right? You just go no. to the mailbox. You get it's a not. check for like $3 million every it's year. Outstanding. That's a ni- That's a, That's a way to live. I like to find it in my mailbox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes my neighbors, uh, their stuff ends up in my mail. I have not gotten one of those yet, though. <laughs> Hey, Dan in Long Island, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys, how's it going? Hey, Dan. Hello? Yeah, Dan, what's yeah, up? Yeah, Dan, what do you got, buddy? We're here. Uh, yeah, so I don't want to, like, change the topic, but because uh, I know you guys are talking about baseball, but I want to talk about the Knicks for uh, for a quick sec, if that's all right. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah. All right. So, uh... So with all the additions the Knicks made this offseason and obviously the season that they had last season, I don't think it's that outlandish to say that uh, at their best, like their ceiling, they could be a two-seed in the East. What do you guys – I got a lot of hate for that take, but – Yeah. Um, Dan, thanks best, for the phone call. Yeah. Not a two-seed. I mean, if every single thing went right – I, I can't imagine I, uh, that 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 means that a lot of stuff went wrong for other teams as well. Yes, and you are you're already kind of coming off a season where everything kind of went right. Yeah, a lot more than you thought. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot more. Like yeah. who, I, you know, Dan's already gone, but I would be interested. I'm assuming that he would have the Nets one. Yeah. Right. 
All right. So if the Nets are one, I how, where is Milwaukee? West Philly. Yeah. Where's Atlanta? Right. Right. <laughs> Atlanta's got to be saying, what is it? Where, where do we factor in yeah. uh, on this? Because it's scary, but they could be better, Gordon. Yeah. They could oh, be absolutely. better this year because they've got the experience of going deep into the postseason. So they could be even better. And yeah. I mean, and Philly I was the number one seed last year. That's right. Yeah. They are were. They, I mean, what are they doing with Simmons? What, when are they going to make up There's their mind so there? so many rumors about uh, this team wants him and that team wants him and this team <sighs> Who wants are these him teams? and he wants to go. And... Well, I don't doubt that he wants to go. That I find 100% believable. And, and listen, Doc Rivers wants him to go too. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding? <laughs> Doc looks miserable on the sidelines as it is. He would like for him to go too. So they're just waiting for the right I'm deal. I'm sure Embiid is willing to drive him to the airport. Yeah. No, he's willing to send the car. He don't want to get yeah. in the car with him. He'll send the car for him to go <laughs> to can, the airport. He's not going to He'll drive send him. a car and you can keep the car. Yeah, exactly. Right. You, you now, you now own the car. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But like, what team can go and make a deal for that guy? Yeah. It's got to be. The only team that I heard that made yeah. any sense to me, and, it, and, it's, and it's still kind of stretching it, is Golden State. Because there, he wouldn't need to, to, to score, right? Because they have scoring. He could be the defense and rebounding guy. And any offense you got out of him would kind of be a plus. But what other yeah. teams are there that would make any sense at all? And what is Golden State going to give to get I, Yeah, I, no, I, I can't, I, right, I can't even get to that right? stage. But I'm just, yeah. I'm just looking for a team that's saying, all right, you know what we need? We need a guy on a max contract who can't score at all. And doesn't want the ball in the fourth does, quarter. Right. And is a point guard. Yeah. And can't exactly. score. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a very narrow job description right there. I mean, there's not there's not a lot of teams that I would think that would be in that market. And and I get it, even with the, the max contract, I could see teams being interested in a guy who's not living up to a max contract. If you're one of those cities that you're never gonna get a guy to sign a max contract with you. But where I mean, where who would make that deal? Who would, who is looking for that guy? Who also seems something? like he's kind of a malcontent. There's years ago, same situation. He'd be a Nick. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, that would a couple been. of first round. Oh, couple yeah, of first get, round draft right, choices. Exactly. Yep. He'd yep. have been a Nick, Gordon. I'm telling you, he would be a Nick. The Not deal too that long would have ago. Made sense was Portland with with Lillard. Right, you put Lillard yes. on the Sixers, and then he goes to Portland. Portland is not probably going to get too many guys anytime soon that are going to sign max contracts. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know that they're even willing to do that. Yeah, yeah. He's got to go someplace, right? We gotta can't go, get to yeah, opening night and him be still on the Sixers, right? No, it's not going to work. That can't happen. No, can't. It's not going to work. Not going to work. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety-eight point seven ESPN.